Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Have you ever been frustrated with God because of what was going on in your life or frustrated for someone else because of what was going on in their life? Anybody ever felt that? I I admit I have. Um, Maybe as I've gotten older, uh, maybe older and crankier, I don't know. Um, But I've felt a frustration at times that I've had to work out with God. Um, Have you felt an anger toward God because you thought he wasn't fair? Now, community can be such a beautiful thing like we're having this morning. But one of the challenges of community is that what God is doing in one person's life may seem unfair when you place it beside what is happening in another person's life, specifically yours. But here's a story that will make you think. Nick Vujicic is an Australian man who was born with no arms or legs. And understandably, he struggled with depression and suicide when he was young. But God rescued him and saved him. In fact, I didn't put this in my notes, but he tried to throw, in fact, he did. He threw as much as he could, throw himself in a pool to drown himself. And his mom saw it, and God used her to spare his life and save him from drowning. Um, But God changed his perspective as well so that God could use him to encourage and minister to others. He goes, he speaks in schools, and he can't hug anybody. So he tells the kids, come and hug me. And the kids are crying as they hug this guy with no arms and no legs. I mean, it's doing something in their lives, right? It's quite a ministry. And even though Nick has no arms and legs, he travels the world, speaks to crowds, touches countless lives for the glory of God, And God has blessed him with a beautiful wife and four kids. You know, if there was a guy who thought, well, what could God do with me? (laughs) If you've ever asked that question. So this brings up, you know, fairness, doesn't it? It makes us think about, has God been fair to Nick? (laughs) But here's the thing. It has been my dream. This is personal, my dream to travel the world and speak to people to be married and to have children, which I am not married and do not have children. But would I be willing to give up my arms and legs to have the blessings that Nick has? Would you give your right arm to have someone else's calling and blessing? How many times, Rick, we talk about the power of words. How many times have we said, I'd give my right arm for fill in the blank? This story is a true story. This is not a guy I made up. And you can see him on YouTube if you've never seen him. And his ministry is powerful. And has he prayed for healing? Yes, he has. And he has not received his healing or he has not walked, you know, he's not literally walked in healing. But in the meantime, this is one of the mysteries of our faith is that he is ministering in a powerful way to people as a, and not an amputee. He was born that way. So anyways, let's move on uh, to this. That's an encouraging story, I hope, to you. God's promise, this is your first fill-in, God's promise is your priority. The difficulty we have in church is when we take our eyes off God's prophetic promises to us 
and the calling on our lives, and we become ungrateful and allow ourselves to be offended with God because it appears that he has blessed others more than us. The passage we read in Matthew 20 about the workers in the vineyard is not simply about fairness on the job site and equal pay and getting a union rep in there. It's about our attitude towards those in the church, toward God, and the blessings of working in his kingdom for eternal rewards. You know, we do things around here that we know need to be done. You know, somebody set up the coffee over there. Somebody put um, the, the lessons on the clipboards. And somebody will clean all that up as well. And somebody built a, an awning, a canopy. Isn't that beautiful out there in front? Somebody did that. God's watching all of that. He sees what we do that's not for our glory, but for his glory, because we love the church, we love people, and we're giving ourselves. <clears throat> now, here's an interesting story that you'll know from the Bible. God promised Abraham that he would have all these descendants that would inherit God's promises, uh, promise, excuse me, inherit God's promise of blessing to him, but Abraham and Sarah had no children. So God was speaking prophetically when he promised this to Abraham. But in the meantime, Abraham and Sarah were growing older and older and older, and they waited and waited and waited for God to fulfill his promise as they watched their family and people in their community have children, and those children had children, and probably those children had children, and, and they went to many birthday parties and bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, um, you know, to celebrate these children coming of age. And all the while, they had no children, but they had a promise that they would have an heir. And eventually, it happened in their old age. Now, you might think that Abraham became bitter as he looked around and saw everybody else celebrating. Maybe he didn't, he, maybe he said to Sarah, I don't even want to go to this bar mitzvah today. You know what's going to happen. We're both going to cry because we have no, did that happen? No, listen to this. This is the truth of Abraham. Paul tells us in Romans 4, 20 to 21, Abraham never wavered, never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. So I want to just, before we do the fill-ins here, I want to say this. Do you think that Abraham showed up at those bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, boy, that's a tough word to say, and celebrated people's wins? Do you think maybe he brought gifts with his wife and said, hey, it's awesome, your kid's turning 12 or 13 today. It's awesome. You are so blessed. I am blessed. And do you think privately he said, like Jerry Savelle says, I'm next. Do you think that maybe he walked away from those parties instead of being all sad and blue, that he had nothing? No, he had a promise. And that promise was like having gold. And he walked away and said, hey, sweetheart, did you see what they have? We're going to have that too. We're going to have that too. He probably celebrated other people's wins while he had a promise, but no win to celebrate. You know what I mean, right? 
Yes, we're always winning, winning in Jesus, but let's face it. There's things we're waiting on that haven't happened, and God's timeline and calling on your life is different. Now I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, so here's some fill-ins. He, meaning Abraham, remained faithful until the promise was fulfilled. There's an old saying. I don't want to go too fast for you guys. I have lots of fill-ins today. There's an old saying, don't doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. Because how many of you know sometimes it can get dark while you're waiting for promises? It just feels that way sometimes. You might say to me, I don't know what God has promised me. That's why we must be reading the word. You've got to be in the word to allow God a chance to speak to you through his word. He has promised you so many things in his word. Just consider this promise to Abraham. This is the promise. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. And before you can say, hey, well, good for Abraham, keep listening. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Could that mean you and me? Listen to Romans 4.10. So the promise is received by faith. Do you have faith today to receive God's promise over your life? Raise your hand if you got some faith today in this room. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's, do you have faith like Abraham's? For Abraham is the father of all who believe. One day in heaven, we're going to meet this father of ours, okay? Not only the heavenly father, we're going to meet our covenant father, uh, Abraham. The workers in the vineyard were promised a denarius for a day of work, and they received the promise. Instead of ending their day with, here's your fill-ins, okay? Follow me, I'll go slowly here. Instead of ending their day with praise... They ended with protest, and that poisoned their perspective on people and the Prince of Peace, I had to throw Jesus in there, missing the promotion. I'll read it again because I know there's a lot of fill-ins, and they're long words too. Oh, they're all in there. Okay, okay, I meant to pull out some of them, Um, but you got a treat. All right, there you go. The workers in the vineyard were promised a denarius for their day of work, and they received the promise. Instead of ending their day with praise, they ended with protest. And that poisoned their perspective on people and the Prince of Peace in missing the promotion. God wants to do something in your life. But you're looking at what God's called you to do, and you go, man, this is tough. See, the rich young ruler could have said, how come you're not asking of everybody to give up all their riches? Because what's God doing? He's always looking beyond the natural and looking to the heart. See, there are some people who handle money very well. They tithe, they give offerings, they sow seeds, um, and they walk in faith, and they trust God with their money. But there's other people who hold on to their money with their fists like this. No, I can't give 10%. I, can't give, I won't even give 1%. Um, because I don't have much, or whatever the reason is. Um, But God was calling that young man to a life of surrender, and he, what did he miss? He missed the promotion. 
which was to follow Jesus. He could have been one of the people who followed Jesus. He could have been, uh, we might have got to know his name, actually. <laughs> okay. Number two, your second one. Let's see how I'm doing for time. Okay. Number two, bitterness sets you back. Bitterness sets you back. Oh, I know that bitter moments come, but are you making them into bitter half hours, bitter days, bitter weeks, bitter life? Bitterness will set you back. Jesus says this interesting phrase. So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. Ah, you, you go to the back of the line. See, God's kingdom is a kingdom of promotion. Have you ever noticed that? Has anybody, can you just show me your hand if you've noticed that God's kingdom, and you read the word. I mean, we think of the story of Joseph, right? Joseph being uh, sold as a slave, and then he goes to Egypt, and next thing he's promoted um, to work in Potiphar's house. Okay, that doesn't go so well, but God is still with him. God's blessing is still on his life, and he handles it with a good attitude. And then what happens? He gets promoted again. Um, he didn't get bitter, so he didn't miss his promotion. So God's kingdom is a kingdom of promotion, but before you get a title, there's a test. Before you get a title, there's a test. I will say this in the kindest way possible. Our pastors are testing us in a way, in a way, and that's a good thing. That makes them good pastors. Who can I trust? Well, who can I trust to speak on Sunday morning when I'm not there? Who can I trust to do camera? Who can I trust to lead worship? Ethan, God bless you. You did great this morning. And there's more of him to come and more of Jesus to come, of course. But Ethan, yeah, more of me too. But anyways, we're, we get the honor of leading worship today. You know, Ethan's leading, but I get to sing today. I, you guys don't get to hear me sing too often, and that's okay. <laughs> but, you know, today I got to sing. And so there's tests where our pastor's like, hey, can you handle the weight of this responsibility? So when you pass the test, you may not get your title right away, okay? So you may not, you know, be getting even what you've been promised right away. You might have to wait for it. But you immediately have a testimony. That's a fill-in right there. You immediately have a testimony. You can walk around and say, hey, I was honored to have an opportunity to go to Ruth Naomi's with Pastor Rudy. I was honored to go to the Joshua house with Pastor Matt or, or with Coach Vince. I was honored with this opportunity. Does that mean you have a title? You are now the Joshua house representative of College Street? No, you're just a guy. I like how one person said this. I'm just a nobody telling everybody about somebody. And that's a good place to be, isn't it? I'm just a nobody telling everybody about somebody. And we know the somebody's Jesus, right? Um, just in case you had any doubt. <laughs> when you consider this passage, it's important to realize the lesson that Jesus is really teaching. You know, the passage in the vineyard where there's the disgruntled workers, and everybody, but everybody's paid the same. Some people will serve God for years, faithful to the call to do the work of the Lord in his vineyard, his kingdom, his church. And others will put their faith in Christ when they are on their deathbed. Consider this fact. 
there is a prostitute named Rahab, an anonymous thief, and a man named Simeon, who all have something in common. They're all in heaven with Jesus today. Now, Rahab protected the spies who went into Jericho. Maybe you remember her name. She's actually in Hebrews 11, in the Hall of Faith, as we often call it. She risked her life and showed herself faithful to God by protecting the thieves. And they honored her, and so did the writer of Hebrews and God. The thief put his faith in Jesus while they were both dying on a cross. And not only that, the thief defended Jesus and witnessed to the other thief. You and I are sinners. We deserve this. But but this man here, he is pure. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's who he says he is. He has done nothing wrong. The thief declared Jesus to be who he said he was, and he told that to the other thief. He was witnessing while he's dying. Pretty impressive. But then there's Simeon. Simeon waited his whole life serving God faithfully and waiting to see the birth of the Messiah, dying at an old age after holding Jesus in his arms when Jesus was eight years old. They all ended up with the same pay. The prostitute, the thief, and the faithful man of God all ended with the same pay. But bitterness sends you to the back of the line. Here's the awesome thing. If you don't pass the test, God will give you another test and another test and another test. Are you getting what the fill-ins are here? Until you pass the test. (laughs) So those fill-ins are one word, test. Fill those in, okay? Do you have a problem with a certain type of person? Be sure God will send you problem people to perfect you. Yeah, so we got an amen there. Maybe not a joyful amen, but like an amen, like, yes, that is it. Of course, amen actually means so be it. So I don't know if you want to say amen to that. But but you know, the bottom line is that God wants to perfect you because he has a calling on your life. And we're going to talk about that right here. God is giving you an opportunity to be better instead of bitter. Mature believers and immature believers both go to heaven. But mature character ensures that you will be capable to carry your calling. That is your fill-in there. Mature character ensures that you will be capable to carry your calling. So our last point is this. Commit to your calling in Christ and keep your calling close. And what I meant by that was don't forget your calling. When you are tested at work, when you are tested by your family, tested in your marriage, come on, guys, marriage is a blessing, but it's also a test at times, right? I'm, not, I'm single, but I, I watch my married friends, and some days they walk into this place like <laughs> looking like they're having a test. Let's just put it that way. And whether they're passing or not is not for me to judge. Though I am looking for joy and struggling to find that. But anyways, um, so we don't know how long we are going to live, right? I mean, we could believe God for long life because that's in his word. But even long life, we don't know the day and the hour we're going to pass away. But as long as we live, 
we live with purpose. And that purpose is to fulfill our calling to love God and love, what's the other one? People. Or another, yes, love others. But to love God and love people. Consider the words of Paul in Philippians 3. I press on toward the goal, the goal. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is he talking about? Paul has spoken of life being a race, like a running race. In the modern day 100 meter dash race, anyone who steps out of their lane and into the lane of another racer is disqualified. I don't know if you knew that, but that's actually a rule. You cannot get out of your lane. You've got to stay in your lane. So when Jesus was with the disciples after he was raised from the dead, Peter received a prophetic word from Jesus about ministry and the end of his life. Peter looks at John and says this, what about him? <laughs> Listen to how Jesus responds to Peter in John 21, 22. If I want him to remain alive till I return, what is that to you? As for you, hear me, men, follow me. In other words, Peter, stay in your lane. Finish your race. Fulfill the call on your life. Do what I've asked you to do. And I will give you the grace to do what you were called to do. Jesus didn't ask everybody to give up all their wealth, but he asked that rich young ruler. What is Jesus asking of you? It's not the same as what he's asking the guy to the right or the left of you. Oh, yeah, sure, there are general things that we can read in Scripture, like deny yourself, carry your cross daily, and follow me. We understand that we're all called to that. That's a general calling. But Rick, for instance, has been called to help his brother and do renos at his brother's house. Dell has just recently been called to marry Krista. We're not all called to marry Krista. Only he gets blessed with Krista. So, but that's, you see what I mean? Like we have, he has a calling now to love his wife. He didn't have that a few weeks ago. Um, that was not the call on your life, but it now is. And so, you know, Lee has a calling to run a gym for the glory of God, and he does fit for change, in case anybody here doesn't know that already. And so, and then I have a calling on my life to teach guitar to children. And so I try to do that with excellence. Um, so Jesus said this, as we're rounding up the end here, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, the gates of a city represented a place where business and ideas were exchanged. And in a similar way, the gates of hell represent a place of satanic ideas and business that represent Satan's plans to come against what God has established on earth. And of course, I'm talking about the church. Jesus is building the church, but at the same time, there are those who are not involved. Some have become stagnant in their faith. Some have left the faith. How does this happen in the church when we're all supposed to be uniting and praising Jesus and discipling people? Well, here it is. Moments come, ones we don't expect, and they test our heart for God and for the church. Will we become bitter or better? Will we celebrate the wins of others while staying in faith for our own wins? Will we continue trusting and honoring God with a joyful attitude? The enemy wants to take those moments to separate you from God and people. 
But God wants to use those moments to draw you closer together. When the landowner is looking to promote someone, will he choose the guy who worked an hour? The guy who was sitting around town all day doing nothing? Or will he promote the faithful, hardworking guy who doesn't complain and who is grateful for his job and his pay? Can God count on you to do your job in the vineyard with gratefulness and praise, no matter what he is doing with other people? Can Pastor Matt and Pastor Rudy count on you to keep showing up with a good attitude and the grace God has given you to live out your calling? God is looking for people he can promote, and our pastors are looking for people they can trust with greater responsibility. Those moments will come where you will be tested to see where your heart is at. Don't be surprised that many of those tests will happen in the vineyard, in the church, not just in the workplace, not in the world. Yes, we know we get tested by sinners. But sometimes, brothers, we get tested by each other. It happens. It's amazing how our service to God in the, his house can seem joyful and selfless until someone else gets what we want. Someone else gets the blessing that you've been believing for of our hard work, or God simply tests the motive of your heart in an unexpected moment. The workers who worked all day for a denarius were surprised when those who worked only an hour also got a denarius. That this was going to ha- uh, that this was going to happen. Would they, if they, excuse me, if they knew in advance that this was going to happen, would they even have worked that day? Your takeaway is this: your view from the vineyard should keep your eyes on your character and your calling in Christ to build his church. I have one minute to share something from my heart. Not that that wasn't from my heart. Um, I hear on a regular basis, I even heard it last night as I was eating dinner with the lovely Smith family, that there are people who get offended in church. And one of the stories, rightly so. It was offensive what happened to him. It really was. But instead of working it through with Jesus, working it through with another brother or a sister, they just stopped going to church. I have seen this over and over. But everyone in this room here has a calling. You have a calling to build the church of Jesus Christ, to to go shoulder to shoulder with Jesus and each other. And there is a specific calling on your life. And I can say this, Vince does hospitality with excellence. Why? Because, well, first of all, he's a good guy and has character. He brings his character to this house. But also because that's your calling. You're good at it. That's something you're good at. You weren't asked to play guitar on the worship team because that's not your thing. That's my thing, right? Um, And so you have to realize that you are part of this building of the kingdom that Jesus said. When he said, I will build my church, he was looking for people to come into agreement with him, but he also gave you a gift and a calling, maybe more than one gift. Some people have what? Five talents, right? But God wants you to invest yourself. And I'm just warning you as your brother, be aware of those moments and let those moments draw you closer to each other, to God, 
rather than away from each other. Amen? Okay, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much that you've been here so far this morning, and we know, and we want you to be here for the rest of the morning. We thank you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. I pray that each man, each man will walk away from this moment to realize that they must personally make a commitment to the calling on their life, no matter what happens. I'm sure that every man in this room is praying for something, is believing you for something. And it's going to take a certain amount of time, and only you, Father, know that timing. I pray for everybody to have patience, endurance, perseverance in this room. And I pray for people to be strong, for these men to be strong in their calling and in their perseverance in the tough moments because there are so many joyful moments that you have laid before us. We thank you so much that ultimately Jesus paid the price for us, that the greatest pay of all, (laughs) if we could even call it that, is that we get to go to heaven forever. This life is short, Father. Help us to live right, to honor you in this life. Thank you so much for this opportunity to speak today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.